0: And welcome to the Move Alive Prop Drop Show, presented by Thrive Fantasy. Ryan Noonan, back to talk about the best way, most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is player props. Joining me here, as always, my friend Connor Allen. How are we doing?
1: Doing well. I did not get to catch an episode of the challenge this week, but I I will make a point of it next week. I I totally escaped my mind until we were about to queue up the show, and then I realized that I I let you guys down. So it'll be on my to-do list for next week
0: one episode in so you're not too far off uh was a good episode i'm excited for episode two obviously joining me in this spot as well is the man behind the mayo media network the pat mayo experience it's the man himself pat
2: mayo how are we doing did you end up playing in my challenge fantasy league i did not i failed it's a big miss no i enjoyed your show though so oh, thank you
0: yeah glad we could you know encourage you to do that here in the space last week and then you know Tune in. Everyone should be subscribing to the Mayo Media Network, Pat Mayo Experience and the Podcast Forum. Uh, not just great football content, but lots of other good stuff like the challenge to expose people like Connor to uh, things outside of his little sphere out there. So uh, hopefully we can get Connor on board eventually. So uh, I want to remind you, we have, uh, we're going to be live here every week, 2 p.m. Eastern on Fridays with our favorite player props, taking your questions. So if you are hanging out with us on YouTube, subscribe See so you as know, a show smash the like button uh it goes a long way and helps us out a ton lots of other great content here on the 444 youtube page so we want to make sure that you get notifications for that um if you're hanging out let us know your thoughts this week on week six props feel free to ask us any questions any things that you're considering uh, perhaps you have another tv show uh recommendation for connor that he's been deprived on over the years happy to help kind of broaden his horizons here as well um Also, again, two episodes of Move Align each week, both available YouTube and podcast form. In addition to the Prop Drop, our game preview show with Connor, John Dangle, and myself is live at 6.45 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights, leading you into the Thursday night football game. So again, another good reason to subscribe so you don't miss the show. Uh, Before we jump into our week six plays, coming off of a really nice week five here. So uh, I want to tell you about our friends over at Thrive Fantasy. We partner with them so you can get a easy free no strings attached betting subscription to four for four and a free four for four t-shirt right good t-shirts nice and soft uh for just 20 bucks um on top of that if you deposit 20 on thrive fantasy create a new account using our promo code four for four you're also going to get a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to 250 bucks um, that promo the subscription is going to carry you through the end of the year December 31st 2022 the t-shirt deal is only good for the next week or so it extends to October 24th so you want to get the free t-shirt get in now you got to deposit just 20 bucks at thrive but again deposit match is 250 that's the best in the, in the market anything that's out there from like a you know pick them standpoints uh, the 250 match is great again 44 betting sub is like 240 bucks by itself. You're going to be able to get that for just $20. Uh, This is good for both new and previous 444 subs. Uh, It will extend your subscription, so you just let us know. Hit us up uh, anywhere you can reach out to us. You can hit out support at 444.com if you want as well. So, again, thrivefantasy.com, promo code 444. You get a free betting sub along with your first deposit match and a free T-shirt. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Connor, we'll let you get it started. Good week for you last week. What's your first play for week six?
1: Yeah, we'll kick this off with a bad QB under, you know, going back to the well here. P.J. Walker under 210 and a half passing yards. It looked like this moved a little bit, but still on MGM right now. I think this number is about 10 to 15 yards off. Uh, I, I think it's unlikely the Panthers come out here slinging it with P.J. Walker in his first week. And without Matt Rule, I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of turnover going on right now. It feels really easy for them just to be able to go out there, kind of run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. P.J. Walker said, you know, he's going to try to get the ball to his best players. But, I mean, it seems like this team has kind of been lost and without a vision for a while now. And so now P.J. Walker in the fold, I just can't imagine them coming out and passing it. I think there's a lot of ways that this goes under, whether it's, you know, poor efficiency, lack of volume, you know, kind of mix of both. Um, and so, I mean, he has two career starts. I haven't seen anything that makes me think that he's, you know, significantly better than Baker Mayfield. And I think that he was, I mean, May- Baker is awful. So, uh, you know, I think that they're in kind of that same, same range here, and I lean towards the under. Our projections lean under. I know a bunch of other median projections also have kind of that 190s range. So I'd play this down to like 205.
0: Know Pat, you weren't wanting to get involved in anything Panthers related last week. Is there any Ewing theory involved here with the uh, coach being moved on from defensive coordinator? You get the quarterback out. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, P.J. Walker and the Panthers?
2: I have no real thoughts about (laughs) DJ Walker and the Panthers. Hopefully he's like, hey, DJ Moore is pretty good. Let's throw to him. Well, what's DJ Moore's over under? I didn't even, I mean, I've been thinking about this narrative all week. That's the one thing I didn't really actually look into was, let's see, receiving yards for DJ Moore. Is it like hilariously low? 52 and a half, that's, that's acceptable, 52 and a half. I was hoping to be like thirty-four or something like. that. <laughs> We're trending that way, uh, you
0: know. Again, he's talking about I'm going to get out there and you know get the ball to my playmakers. Sounds great in theory. I'm sure Baker Mayfield intended to get the ball to his playmakers as well. So uh, Connor's got a, a pretty solid fade here, looking at his picks on his Carolina pat- passing game. So yeah, the, the lights are on, but no one's home with the DJ Moore thing too. It's been it's been pretty frustrating. Uh, pat, how about your first play?
2: Uh, My first play is going to be very similar to my first play last week because they have not adjusted the line as of yet. So, once again, I shall go to the well with Cooper Rush under four and a half rushing yards. He doesn't run. He had one run last week because it was a completely broken play. He got two yards. That was the only time he sniffed trying to run in that game. And then he took three kneel downs at the end. He actually ended up with minus one rushing yards when it was all said and done. But four and a half, just too high. If you bet this all, I mean, we're not going to get Cooper Rush all 17 weeks, but if you bet this all 17 weeks, it would probably go 14 and three. It was our last
0: chance probably to bet the Cooper Rush under, but uh, good luck. And you get the kneel downs. You're probably not getting the victorious knee downs here, though. I think Connor and I both think that line's a little fishy, a little too high uh, on the Eagle side, but yeah, it's a, it's a good luck. He's just not running anyway. So you don't even need the kneel downs to uh, to bolster the play. Keep going back to the ball. We're staying with quarterback unders here. I'm going to start with a QB under two, is not typically a, a pool I dip my toes into. But Marcus Mariota, under 17 and a half completions. Uh, this is available on points bet at minus 115. I think the under 27 and a half attempts is a great look as well. But he's been so inefficient. He ranks 30th out of 35 quarterbacks in completion percentage over expectation this season. So I'm going to go under on the efficiency metric here first he is not top 17 completions or 26 attempts in any of his last four games now san francisco comes to town again they're depleted but they are the top ranked pass defense in the league and there's no way arthur smith at this point who would love to just establish it all day is going to suddenly turn Mariota loose uh from like a passing volume standpoint too and with i think cordero patterson out some of those like easy dump offs both from like a volume and efficiency standpoint, it probably hurt too, right? They're they're just not leaning on any of these other guys in the passing game like they would with CPAT. So the Niners have a ton of injuries, but they have just as many along the defensive line as they do in the secondary. Like uh, Kinlaw's out, Armstead's out. So like, I think they continue to run the football here. It's a pace down spot for both teams. I think we're going to see pretty muted play volume. The Niners are 30th in pass rate over expectation on the season. The Falcons are 31st. So both teams are probably going to hand the ball off a ton. Um, and we typically lean way over, and Connor can attest to this too, projections are pretty high on quarterbacks. But we're under on both these numbers. And that's just another like kind of feather in the cap on this one. So I like under completions. I like under unearned attempts. Pat, what are your thoughts here?
2: I- I'm slightly under on both. I am projected for the fewest attempts of any starting quarterback this week so i only have him at 26 passing attempts but i do have him at 16 completions i mean sneeze a little bit or get an extra first down all of a sudden you're over on both those so it's pretty much it's it's in the margins for me uh it wouldn't be a play for me connor what are
0: your thoughts here
1: uh, yeah, I, something that stuck with me last week was when they were down like 14 points and they're still just trying to establish the hell out of the ball, you know, like running the ball continuously. Like they, they game script just doesn't really matter for them. Uh, they're still just going to keep running it. So yeah, I think it is a little bit, you know, narrow, but I also like it. I think it's, it's worth a play just because of kind of what we've seen. Like they, they don't really seem that intent on winning games. They just want to like run the ball, you know, try their best. Make the score as close as possible. Uh, you know, like that. It's one of those types of things. It's like a college mentality. It's like, oh, we we only lost by seven, not you know, like twenty one. So, even last week they did turn up the pass rate over expectation a little bit, and he got to twenty five attempts. So,
0: like, even when they got down by fourteen early, they still didn't really push it. So, uh, like both of them,
1: but uh, again, I lean on the efficiency play. Back to you, Connor, for pick number two. Pick number two, we are going to go with. Kirk Cousins over 22 and a half completions. Uh, He's more than 22 completions in every game so far this season. Now faces uh, against a injury-depleted Dolphins defense, and I think the biggest worry here would be like Kirk's stats against the blitz, which have been pretty bad so far this year. Uh, and Miami blitzes a ton, but I think most of that's actually pressure-based, uh, which the Dolphins rank dead last in right now. Um, so you know they're not getting pressure. They're blitzing a lot. But they're not getting pressure, which leads me to believe that there's going to be a lot of quick passes. Uh, you know, a lot of like short completions there. Get the ball out quick. Um, and Dolphins so far, also 30th in past defense EPA, dead last in past DVOA. So I think that it kind of spells towards that kind of more quick passes here and a lot of easy completions for Kirk. Uh, and if they don't plan on doing that, then this bet is going to be way, way off. But, uh, you know, I think as long as they have any kind of common sense and game planning, seeing what the Dolphins have done for, I guess, two years now, uh, they should know uh, what they should be doing here. That was what kept me
0: off of this play. Uh, was the like really really bad and like just it's been sinking year over year uh, with his against the blitz rate and stuff. But like you make a good point. I mean, you know Miami has not been getting home even though they are blitzing at a pretty high rate. Uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I like it. Uh, there is another one from that game that I think that I have more interest in, but it's hard to really go wrong uh, if he hasn't gone under the number all year, and we we just see it with the Vikings every single week, like even if they jump out to a big league, they'll find themselves back in this game somehow. And then he'll have to pass some more and it'll be something ridiculous along those lines. So I I like the Kirk Cousins stuff. I'm going to stick in that game and just go to the other side of the ball. Uh, I I really don't know a ton about Skylar Thompson and whether they're going to just let him, let him cook and throw 50 times, but regardless of what the score got to in the Cincinnati game, And regardless of what the score got to in the Jets game last week, we even saw this a little bit in the Baltimore game when they were down big, is that Raheem Mostert keeps getting the ball. Now, every time I take an over on Raheem Mostert, two times in the past three years, he's gotten a season-ending injury in both those games and (laughs) failed to go over that number. But right now, uh, 14 and a half rushing attempts is what he's at. He's cleared those numbers each of the past two games. I think this game is going to be close. And I think if they want to keep it close, they're just going to feed him the ball over and over. And Minnesota can't stop anyone on the ground. So as long as Chase Edmonds continues to see this you know, bench roll and we get a ton of Raheem Mostert. I know he was supposed to be like, quote unquote, banged up. He's going to play. He's already said he's going to play. So I-, I like the over on him here. 14 and a half rushing attempts.
0: He's already dealing with a knee injury, Pat. Like, we're already off to a rough start for for Mostert and his family in this one. You gave him the, uh, the kiss of death here. You got a little little custody rubbing off on you on, uh, on Mostert here?
2: Maybe so, but I keep using him in spots. I just haven't made it one of the picks on the show. So maybe this is what pushes it over the edge. But otherwise, he's been very good to me this year. Yeah, he
0: was on my list early in the week when he popped up on the injury report. It gave me a little bit of a scare. But, like, Connor, your boy Chase Edmonds has been not involved. Like he is now losing like secondary carries to miles Gaskin. So like I get where I pass here and I do think they want to probably lean on the run and protect Skyler Thompson.
1: In the, in the preseason, when he responded to one of my tweets, I was so excited. And now I think I might just delete the tweet because it was so bad. And, uh, you know, it's like almost embarrassing that he interacted with my tweet uh, because it's, I mean, he's been so, so bad. Like, he's been like literally one of the worst running backs in the NFL, uh, which is embarrassing. But, okay, so what about like 60 rushing yards here? Because I guess my only concern is like maybe the Dolphins fall behind, but I mean, Vikings are only three point road favorites. So, I mean, 60 rushing yards against a, a bad Minnesota run defense is also not bad either. Like, he's getting 15 attempts i don't know i think he should he should probably just get there in both places i guess but 14 and a half looks like even money in most spots now so and that's a pretty good look
2: it just i've game flow has not affected the amount they want to run on first down with raheem Mostert so far this year they've been down 21 and be like yeah let's give him the ball go nuts free yards yeah
0: especially with this quarterback too that they probably want to hide uh don't hate that at all
2: maybe uh, he's great who knows
0: he might be great uh. He might be terrific. They probably didn't think they were going to get many Skylar Thompson snaps this year. So, uh, my next one is Mark Andrews, over 69.5 receiving yards. Uh, this is available on DraftKings at minus 115. Gave it out a play for subscribers at 4 for 4 at 66.5. But I still think uh, 69.8 is his season average. So, I still think this is very much a play. And it's a great matchup. Um, Giants are. Terrible at defending tight ends this season. They rank 25th in Football Outsiders DVOA metric against the position. Andrews is going to see a ton of one-on-one man coverage here. There's a nice little familiarity here with former Ravens, now Giants defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. They run a ton of man, a ton of blitz-heavy stuff. They're going to run a lot of cover zero looks, which is basically just single man across the field and bringing everyone else. Uh, Andrews is elite against man coverage he has uh 2.8 yards per route run, second most targets in the league against man coverage as well like one behind justin jefferson who probably sees a ton of targets in that matchup as we talked about earlier rashad bateman didn't practice again on friday he is not going to play in this game so like andrews is like the first and second look and then he probably tucks in and runs which is probably a good play as well um so yeah i love andrews in the spot over 69 and a half receiving yards um pat what do you think about that one
2: I like it. It just, uh, the studs have been coming through for us. I mean, that's where I had been leaning a bunch, be it Cup or be it Jefferson. And honestly, I mean, a banged up Kelsey is probably like the highest end, but Andrews is 1B in this conversation if he's not 1A at this point. So if you would just put WR next to his name instead of TE, then all of a sudden this receiving total is like 82 and a half. So I like the over.
1: Love it. Connor, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm on board. I mean, it seems high, but it's really not when you consider just all the factors you mentioned there. So yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, and he's got like,
0: I think of like all the guys with like a target share north of 25% of the season. He's like second in average depth of target. Like he's not a traditional tight end as far as like, you know, his his depth of target stuff. He's not catching little five yarders that we need to turn into big plays. Like they use him vertically down the field and he's going to have a lot of man coverage. And yeah, dude's just kind of a, an alpha in the mismatch. So Uh, again, you're hanging out, jump in the chat. Let us know anything that you're considering for this week. Any shows for Connor, uh, tell him what you thought about the first episode of the challenge. Um, you know, the big reveal at the end, what's Tori going to say when Jordan comes out, how have they not talked? How did Anissa not tell Tori that they were coming on? Lots of questions. Uh,
1: Connor pick number three. Might as well be another language to me right now. Uh, my third one, Shai Smith under 22 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this one, I don't know, for some reason keeps coming like on and off the board, but, uh, I mean, it'll be, it's not going to move that much. Uh, he's one in five to this number. Panthers rolling out PJ Walker. Smith is like fourth, fifth receiving option for the Panthers against the Rams, who are third in explosive pass rate allowed. I know that their, you know, metrics overall are not great in terms of pass defense, but he's probably only getting a couple looks here. And as long as they're able to contain him, kind of not let a big one loose here, uh, he should go under this number. So I thought that this was a little bit inflated here. And our projections have him like a little bit under this number. So I thought it was a good look and something that uh, potentially. Uh, you know, could go, like, way, way under. I mean, this could be, like, a, a one-for-eight kind of game for a guy like shy Smith.
0: Yeah, we talked about this one, too. And, like, we even saw more Terrence um, Marshall um, last week, too. And I don't know if that was just because that game got out of whack. But, like, yeah, this is pretty thin. Oh, this is definitely a Connor
2: type of play. Uh, Pat, any Shy Smith takes? My number's like him over. So do with that what you will. But I, it's just a pure stay away from me. Shy Smith, come on. If if you feel like he's not going to be involved, then hammer the under
1: for sure. This is a, this is a Connor play though, right? This is like a you know thin. I need to get back on brand. I mean, I've been just doing you know too much other shit, and now I got to just you know focus on focus on what what has hit for me in the past two years, and you know go from there. Uh, Pat, how about you? Back to you, number three.
2: This is an odd one. I thought this number was just weirdly low. It's one of the biggest discrepancies I have, and it's uh, Rashad White over one point five receptions and. Like, I have not projected at almost three in this game, and that's around what he's been getting in this Bucks offense. And I just think that in a game where they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites, if you do expect a blowout, then I think you're just going to see a whole lot more white than you normally see. And we've been seeing more of him over the past two weeks when Fournette needing a little bit of a break. This seems like a perfect opportunity to throw him in, be it over receptions. I don't know about rushing yards. I believe that's at 14-and-a-half. I mean, I would lean over, but I don't, if the game doesn't get out of control, he's not going to end up near that number. But inside the passing game, that's where he's been doing all of his damage. So I like the over one and a half.
0: Yeah, we have him at two, but I also agree. Like when you look at Lenny got involved last week with like 11 targets or something wild like that, Connor. Um, 16 and a half is what we have for the rushing yards. But, you know, he's trending up uh, from a usage standpoint. So uh, don't mind those looks at all. What do you think?
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny because like early in the season, it was like all Lenny. And then like after the first two, I guess, three weeks there were, he's like, yeah, I can't do this. Like, this is not going to happen anymore. I need to, you know, take a break. And so now then they started working with Rashad white. And they've actually followed up on that. You know, you hear that sometimes with, you know, guys like Austin Eckler talked about it and, you know, he still plays a lot, but uh, yeah, like Leonard Leonard Fournette here, I think is, is legit, you know, getting subbed out for Rashad white. So yeah, I like the overs here. I mean, it, you could see his role continue to expand as long as he, you know, maintains the trust of Tom Brady and doesn't like mess up any pass bro or anything like really, really bad or fumble. Chat's quiet. Pecky tweet this out?
0: get people in this chat to harass Connor for not watching the challenge and let us know their thoughts on props. Uh, and I will give you my third. We have uh, Kyle Murray. Uh, Kyler is going to go over 36 and a half passing attempts in this one. Uh, it's available on Bet MGM and minus 120. Uh, 42, 32. 58 and 49 are what he's done in the past four games. So 36 and a half is probably pretty comfortable in a neutral setting. It doesn't feel like a neutral setting, though, because surprisingly the uh, Seahawks are, are a voluminous offense. They are running a ton of plays. They are running fast. They are doing no huddle uh, at like the third or fourth highest rate in the league. Uh, Cardinals are second in league in plays per game, third in dropbacks. Um, and Seattle's defense is terrible. 31st in DVOA against the pass. And I think Seattle has success on the other side, too. So it forces, you know, the Cardinals to stay really aggressive throughout. Um, And again, you kind of look at how this Cardinals offense is going to be formed here, too. They don't have a traditional running back in this game. James Conner is going to be out. Darrell Williams is out. You're going to have Eno Benjamin, who is more profiles as a pass catching back. Um, So again, now you have Rondell back in. Like They have more of a healthy passing game than they do against, uh, you know, on the ground here. So I think you're going to see Kyler drop back 40 times and chuck it. Uh, this should be much higher in my opinion. So uh, Connor, what do you think about
1: Kyler in this one? I, I lean there. I didn't end up playing it. And I think that was mostly just because I was a little bit worried because if if the Seahawks are up, you know, they're going to just run the ball a lot. And I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably the right play, but I think it's probably pretty close to our number. So for me, it was like a little bit of a stay away. I'm just not sure that, I know that, like, that there will be elevated scoring and that the Seahawks generally elevate scoring, but I'm not necessarily necessarily sure that that translates to play volume, and that's still my only concern there is that, like, will he get to, like, 40-plus attempts? Pat, where do you have uh, Kyler here? Uh, Kyler, I mean, Kyler's
2: my favorite stack-up DFS quarterback this week, so I am completely on board with this. The only thing that always worries me is that, for whatever reason, like, for the first 20 minutes of the game, that this offense is just going to look putrid. And they're not going to know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden we'll get into this. Kyle, we're not even calling plays anymore. He's just running around like a crazy person. And that's when their offense is at their best. But looking at it, what do I have him for? 25 completions on 36 attempts for 243. So, yeah, I guess that tracks.
0: Yeah, right there. I agree. I mean, I I can't even – I don't understand how Cliff's scripted 15 are so bad every week. Like they – I don't know. I, it's just, it's so consistent. They're by far the worst first quarter team in the league. um uh, Seattle's a soft landing spot for them to maybe get something going there. But yeah, I just, I do think that we're going to see that in the second half. So you're going to go into the half feeling like you're a little bit behind on this. But because of the makeup of the team and this game environment, I think we see some volume there. So, all right, Connor, bring us home. Last one.
1: Yeah. So we just, well, we just got some breaking news here that Cam Makers will not play uh, this weekend as of mm-hmm. a minute ago. They said he will not practice today going through some stuff. So if, you know, for anyone watching the show, if you have any Rams props out there on maybe some, you know, offshores or locals or something, I don't see any on domestics, but uh, you know, hit some Henderson overs or Malcolm Brown overs. If you got any rogue ones hanging out there. Um, My last one here though, is Elijah Moore. I took the under on three and a half receptions. Uh, I know it's getting a little bit juicy here, but I still think it's a good look. Morris, four targets in each of the past two games with Zach Wilson back. Uh, you know, just three and one receptions on those on a 14.5% target share. Going back to last season, Morris fewer than four receptions in six of his nine games with Wilson and has caught just 23 of 50 total targets. Uh, they just don't seem to be on the same page at all. Also, this is like a pace down spot. I think that we're gonna see a lot of like a lot less volume than normal. Jets shifted to a run first approach. Uh, since Wilson came over, 14th the pass rate over expectation with Flacco, 24th the pass rate over expectation with Wilson, uh, and now operating at like a bottom 10 pace. I know some of that was game script dependent, but uh, pass rate over expectation usually accounts for that. Packers also playing at the sit, uh, slowest situation, neutral pace uh, in the league, and they passed a ton last week. But I think that they probably go back to the run heavy approach, uh, you know, after they somehow you know lost in London to the Giants. So yeah, I think this is going to be like lower volume in general, plus. His targets have been inefficient so i think it would take like a ton of quick scores for the packers and then just like you know 40 50 attempts for for wilson to kind of hit the over here otherwise if we're getting like a normal game flow i think that he goes goes under the majority of the time yeah i
0: like it i have some bonus props in this game that i would love to get pat's thoughts on too that i've considered because i actually do think i lean under on zach wilson's attempts for some of the reasons that connor outlined there um because i do think we are going to see them you know, script a little bit more run heavy. You know, they are actually not. The you know, Packers are pretty bad against the run so far. And we've seen that, you know, Flacco stuff split. Uh, also, Tyler Conklin, uh, he had a bad like drop that turned into a pick six in that Steelers game. And then last week, he ran seven routes. He played like almost equal snaps to um, CJ Ozoma but he got targeted once and ran seven routes, zero passing yards or receiving yards. He's hung out there at 20 and a half, pretty thin. I think a lot of medium projections are going to tell you that that's probably a pretty decent number, but like there's a legit chance that he, now that he's got healthy, like he might just be kind of benched or, you know, be more of like the blocking guy. So um, I don't want to go super heavy on jets unders here. They're super correlated. And all of a sudden you lose all of them. Uh, but we'll love to get your Jets thoughts on Connor's play and then some of the other stuff there.
2: I would just want to hit over on Berrios on everything, but they're not <laughs> offering me any like decent Berrios numbers. So, cowards. He, he's the guy who really benefits from Zach Wilson playing quarterback. They just. Whenever Zach Wilson's in, they're like, "Barrios, we need to get him, like, five weird touches a game. Now, some of them aren't catches. Some of them are going to be, like, jet sweeps and stuff like that. But he's always good anytime touchdown play, weirdly enough. I mean, I don't have any real thoughts about what's going to happen with the Packers. Like, I would have been 4-0 last week, but I went with Aaron Rodgers under passing attempts. Like, well, this is a lock. No, because all they wanted to do was pass for no yards, apparently. I, I don't know what the hell was going on. In that game, but I'm with Connor. What I do see is, listen, you can run all over the Packers, too. They're the worst run defense in football. So you probably see a lot of Brees Hall, probably see a lot of Michael Carter more than you're used to seeing in this game. So unders of the receiving game, be it Conklin, be it Moore, be it hell. I mean, it's not like Garrett Wilson's been lighting it up since Zach Wilson came back either, and they're still hanging pretty high numbers. Like the only one I would really want to go over on is Corey Davis. Yeah, he seems to love Corey Davis. He did last year, too. Um, Jayvon talking about
0: Brees Hall over 14 and a half uh for a longest rush. I haven't looked at like some of his his stats on how often that's happening or but I don't hate it. I mean the matchup is
1: great. Four or five uh so far this season. His only his shortest game in one game was fourteen. Um, so I mean that's pretty that's that's a pretty good look, I think
2: do we know is, is it because mac jones might play is that why we're not getting any patriots props
1: uh, i know i love uh, some remandre we need to bang some Ramondre even so i mean what do they set it at like how high like what do we think it opens well, at?
2: i mean that was the first thing that i went to go look at like my projections have him at 97 yards rushing i'm gonna guess it's gonna be like 68 oh man
1: yeah
0: combined combined yards too like i just i don't see a lot from jj taylor i don't see a lot from pierre strong like i think he's you know the pass catching back too so like Romandre, total yards anywhere, like, if it's under 100, I think is probably a,
2: a great look. But, yeah, I mean, if it's if the r- rushing is in the 60s, whoo. Well, let's see. Kenneth Walker, they've listed at 61 and a half. You know Benjamin, they have at 52 and a half. So, actually, you know what? But, but, I mean, they were listing Derrick Henry at 72 and a half, like, two weeks ago. So, okay, well, uh, let me let me amend that and say 75 and a half rushing yards is probably what we're looking. I think it's a. I think it's a play. I think it's that's that sure. was
1: my guess too. I mean, even then, like Nick Chubb has gone over hundred yards in four his five games. They still set him like eighty-nine. You know what I mean? Like, which I I, I was hoping to get like an under like hundred and five or like hundred, but I, I mean I'm dreaming at this point with how they've been setting lines uh, catching a, a running back rushing yard total at hundred.
0: Where do you uh, have Ramondre Pat? Uh,
2: I have him. I believe at ninety-seven. Let's see. No, 95 rushing yards, seventeen attempts, ninety-five rushing yards, half a touchdown, and twenty-five through the air. Yeah,
0: we have 25 through the air as well. 19 attempts at uh, 88 and a half yards. So you have even more efficiency, and I don't hate that at all. So, yeah, I mean.
2: the, The Browns have between, I mean, they're a bottom three pass and rush defense. Like, they're bad.
0: They're bad. I, I don't want to take any linebacker tackles cuz they're a terribly tackle terrible tackling
2: tackling team as how, well. So How did those do last week? I forgot to re- I forgot my sheet where I wrote them down. We did
0: pretty well. We're going to get back on it today too. We got I got a couple for you. So, yeah, a couple that we're going to need to look for. They're actually slow to post this week. So, last week we had um, Michael Walker we gave out on the show here. He almost hit it at halftime.
2: So, Let's see, yeah, um, you, had, you had Tranquil, Walker, and Cole Holcomb. I noticed the Holcomb one. I think he had, like, 14 tackles. Yeah, there. he had 15. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they did
0: not post uh, Tranquil, unfortunately. And uh, Walker, yeah, Walker ended up leaving the game, but he got there before he, uh, he got hurt. So we're going to take advantage of Walker being out of the lineup this week, too, with some other guys. It'll probably be posted a little bit lower. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, Ramondre is, like, I think the Ramondre stuff is, it's going to go so fast because I feel like everyone's waiting for it. It's like you just got to gotta be – you got to stay plugged online and just n- not miss it.
1: I mean, Javon here from the chat said, I've been setting alarms. Honestly, I don't blame you. Uh, he opened it actually at DraftKings. I know this is Pat's favorite market. 20-1 to lead the league in rushing this week. Uh, and now it's down to like 10-1. to um, I mean, it's probably not a play there because – I mean, but it's, it's close. Like he should go nuclear against his team. I mean, we have him behind
0: only Chubb um slightly ahead of saquon we have him slightly ahead of jonathan taylor slightly ahead of dalvin cook like oh
2: really whoa, whoa, whoa what do you have jonathan taylor
0: projected for 17 carries 83 yards
2: i have him for 19 carries and 113 yards
0: Ooh. there's probably some uh well i don't know
1: who else we have tied in there but yeah 17 for for 83 yeah, i mean do we think they're gonna work in like deon jackson and uh philip Lindsay? probably not not if Taylor's.
2: If Taylor's healthy enough to play, they're giving him the ball. Like, that's their only out.
1: So that's what I would say. I would. I think
0: uh, there's a sweep that gets done on Saturday mornings. We're still projecting uh, Deion Jackson for eight carries. So that's probably impacting the Jonathan Taylor line. Because I agree, like, Deion Jack- Jackson's not getting eight carries if, uh, if Jonathan Taylor's active and, and healthy, which he probably will be practiced again today on Friday. So, all right, uh, Pat, number four for you.
2: I have a couple to I'll throw this up to you. I tried this last week and we got it wrong. So we need to redeem ourselves on this one. When I gave like the, the four of them at the end, I just want to check on this for one second. Cause this number just kind of stood out to me. Something I had remembered that I randomly saw on Twitter throughout the course of, Oh no, he did it the first two weeks. Yes. Michael Pittman doesn't have a target deeper than 17 yards downfield all season long. I was like, yeah, but his un- over under is 22 and a half um so i thought that was somewhat interesting didn't play the last game against the jags either if people are wondering so i'm gonna cross that one off but one two that i'm looking at was one that i played last week that we were talking about we all kind of really liked it i bit the bullet on it and went for it i went with kenny pickett under 17 and a half rushing yards His one attempt for 10 yards on a completely broken play where he looked very uncomfortable when he was running the ball that's still set at 15 and a half no thank you under Under 15 and a half. Or you just do the same game parlay. Kenny Pickett, under 15 and a half rushing yards. Kenny Pickett, over 37 and a half passing attempts. Like, that seems to correlate pretty well with me. He's not just running for the sake of running. If you expect him to get blown out, this is a perfect spot. You throw Rashad White into that one as well. Having a three-banger or something crazy like that. That or Christian Kirk, 54 and a half receiving yards. He has a bad game, and now he sucks all of a sudden. Let's go back to the over on that one against the Colts.
0: Connor, you were on that, I think, last week too, right? You were on Kirk over?
1: Yeah, now, I mean, Doug Peterson was talking about like how they want to get him like 10 plus targets again. They're like, this guy should not be getting three, four targets. Like, he should be getting 10 plus. Yeah, I, I've been looking at that. I was just seeing like minus 125s, which I don't like to bet overs on yardage at minus 125. But if you can get like a 55 at, you know, minus 110 or minus 115, I, I'm definitely into that. So that will be my play. Uh, Kirk over
2: 54 and a half receiving it.
0: Yeah, I like that too. Um I don't mind the same game parlay. I think Mike Evans is another guy on my list that I'm considering too who you've been really able to attack the Steelers with boundary receivers and you have a little bit of concerns about you know Chris Godwin being 100% healthy. Um you know you're not going to get a lot of volume from Mike Evans typically. You can do it on, you know, four catches, uh, maybe five catches, but I think like mid 60s. I think he's a nice look too. So not a bad addition to a a same game parlay there if you're looking to you know kind of tackle some of the picket stuff and uh rashad white stuff that pat's coming out there
2: see if we can crank one of these out wonder, wonder what all this ends up paying
0: uh i had a nice one last week uh, we loved uh actually i went into that tennessee washington game our boy john dagel loved that game from DFS perspective played around with some alts there and hit like a 50 to 1 same game parlay uh with the DraftKings boost so I'm probably going to go to the Washington or to the uh, Arizona Seattle game. I think this week we can do something pretty similar cuz I think pretty narrow workload in that game and there's I think we expect a lot of fireworks so lots of ways to play around with some alts and and get uh, a pretty juicy one. So
1: it was actually something that I was considering doing for my fourth bat It'd be like DK Metcalf ladders, you know what I mean, just like all the way up cuz it's a great matchup. I mean, they should should be throwing a bunch so uh yeah no i i'm into it i think that that's that's a good game to like play around some same game parlays same with uh i mean chiefs bills is is very obvious but i mean the total's only at 54 i know the 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 props almost seem more adjusted over the total than like the total being adjusted i don't know like all their props are super high outside of gabe davis which i know you took early in the week at 51
0: yeah it's another one too yeah
1: there's just so many ways to to chase the gabe davis stuff is too low i do have a, a quick a quick bet here for anyone looking to get some like serious uh you know to generate action daryl henderson to lead the week in rushing 65 to 1 right now on dk cam makers out uh apparently might get cut i mean mcveigh apparently i'm just like reading through some of these quotes that are popping up here said the team is working through the situation declined to say whether he believes acres will be a part of the team in the future um working through some things so probably just some personal things I, I mean i doubt he gets cut but he's been really bad so but the whole line has been really bad too like they've none of them have been that good so you wouldn't cut that, dude, for being bad, though. You wouldn't just cut him mid-season for no. being bad. I mean, you something just bench something you. else had to come up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, something else had to come up. Um, I don't know. There was, there's definitely some weird stuff going on behind the scenes. I know week one, we kind of got word that he was, like, barely going to play. Kind of, like, right before, uh, you know, right before, like, kickoff, which was awesome. We were able to get down with some unders there. But now, I mean, he led the t- – he was the only one who got carries last week. Like, Daryl Anderson didn't even touch the ball. So, I don't know, but still worth this, you know, whatever lunch money on 65 to one could certainly do worse. You got a same game parlay built there, Pat? What are you looking at?
2: Yeah, uh, DraftKings is not offering what I want. Like they don't have Kenny Pickett under rushing anything. It's only like the ladder of more than I know. So, well, well, no thank you on that one. Like, I can go you know, 17 or more receiving yards for White and 40 plus pass attempts for Kenny Pickett, four and a half to one.
0: Hmm. Nice. You're not even getting like. Super degen with all the extra legs. It just kind of keeps it simple. Yeah, just two of them. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Um, I'll probably get wild again. I, the one they hit last week was an eight-legger. Uh, you know, they had, had a free bet, and then they wanted to boost it. So, yeah, take advantage of those things. They're out there. Um, our Friends over at DraftKings are very kind with some of those things. Um, all right, last one for me, and then maybe we'll go into the uh, tackle streets here and, and uh, make some notes on some guys to watch for. Last one I'm going to do is a under I'm going to take Najee Harris under 61 and a half combined yards. This is thin from like a total yardage standpoint. But uh, at this point, like Najee is just a thin play. Uh, we are uh, basically any pro Najee thesis is like been kind of started with volume, right? He's never really shown, even in college, much of an ability to break big plays. And now the volume is drying up. Um, our own John Deagle was talking about it last night. Um, Najee has out-touched Jalen Warren 82 to 26 on the season uh, but they're tied in plays that have gone for 10 yards or more with seven apiece like Najee just does not have the juice at all he was third in running backs route participation last year behind like I think it was not our uh, Swift and Kamara he's now 30th on the season It's down almost 25 percent and it's only dropping he's played six quarters with Kenny Pickett he's seen four targets so we're dealing with Way less volume in the passing game. Pickett's kind of got like a I'm pushing it down the field kind of mentality, and that's not really working for Najee. And he's been pretty bad. And Connor posted a video of a David Johnson-esque uh, attempt to turn the corner for Najee last week, and it was a uh, just an ugly, ugly play. So we're dealing with probably like 12 to 13 inefficient carries, maybe two catches. Uh, the Bucks defense first in DVOA against pass catching running backs on the season. They've been terrific. So just a bad matchup too. Um, and, you know, coach speak there too. They want to get Jalen more and more involved and something might be wrong with Najee. He's not in the injury report, but I just don't think we're going to see a ton of efficient touches here. So even though 61 and a half feels like a low threshold, I just, I don't see it for him in this matchup. So I know Connor, you're on this with me, Pat, what are your thoughts?
2: I think it's just uh, stemming from that Liz Frank issue that they were trying to conceal during the preseason. Like they're not putting him on the injury report, but just watching him play, it's very clear there's a problem and that would explain it all. So I'm just going to tie two and two together with that.
0: Yeah. Not going out on a limb. So yeah, maybe there's injury risk too, right? So this is another reason why we can sometimes die on the overs. You You get these spots where the dudes hurt and all of a sudden this is a blowout situation And he doesn't play like he did last week in the fourth, where it's basically all Jalen Warren. So, uh, Connor, want to add anything to this one?
1: No, you summed it up well. I would say that Najee, I I, we went back and forth on this actually. You originally liked it, and I was like, "Ah, I don't know, man, it's so short because we played at some Najee unders earlier in the season, and uh, you know, like he got there just based on like three or four dump offs, but that was with Trubisky. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, like it really is just not been seeing a ton of like passing work from Pickett. And I think that the quarterback change like is just generally underrated in terms of like who quarterbacks are like to target and something that's not you know talked about a ton here. Uh Jaker's uh boss man here in the chat said that Najee's a list frank thing, but today he took a steel plate out of his shoe. Um I mean, I don't who, know. Does like who was he? Like Lex Luger in the early nineties?
2: Yeah. Like he's <laughs> trying like... to knock out the
1: competition with his lead lead forearm? <laughs> He was running like he had a steel plate in his shoe, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I think he's still, like – he wasn't running well enough to like take that out. Like, I, it just doesn't make sense. And he might need to
0: keep the steel plate in his shoe so he doesn't yeah. ruin his career. Um, yeah, Two list ranks is uh, a bad place to be. So, uh, interesting, Jakers. I appreciate the, uh, the insights. I don't know. It doesn't change my handicap here. I just, I think it's a bad matchup on top of everything, too, right? So, we have volume concerns, which were basically the only. Thing going for Najee, and now it's a it's a bad matchup for him, too. So, yeah. Good good info. Um, tackles. They've been slow to post tackles. I want to give you guys a few to look at here. I'm writing them down. Um, Shaq Leonard is going to be out for this game for uh, the Colts. Under. He is, Yeah, so well uh, under, but we wouldn't post it because he's not going to play. Oh. Z- Zaire Franklin is going to now take on 100% of the snaps. Zaire Franklin actually leads the league in tackles and has the second highest tackle rate in the league at 11%. He will now not come off the field. He will not be uh, posted nearly as high as Shaq Leonard would, just based off of name recognition. So You'll probably see like a seven and a half. We'll smash over on Zaire Franklin at seven and a got to watch Michael Walker in Atlanta, who we played last week. He might sit for this one. So we want to look at either Rashad Evans will be his every down replacement at linebacker. The... Falcons run a lot of two linebacker stuff. So Evans probably does not come off the field. He'll probably also be at seven and a half. But I also like Richie Grant. Uh, He is the safety, plays basically box safety. Anytime you get a safety that's playing like 35%, 40% in the box, those are really good uh, tackle numbers for those guys. And again, they are playing San Francisco, who's going to run the ball a ton. Richie Grant probably posted at like maybe four and a half, five and a half. I think up to six is probably pretty good for Richie Grant. So those are uh, two. One more. Alex Singleton, uh, he is a linebacker for Denver. Josie Jewell uh, is their starting linebacker. He got hurt in that game against the Colts. He will be out. Uh, Singleton has the best tackle rate in the league. And when he's played this year, early in the season when Josie Jewell was out, he put up some monster tackle numbers. So, uh, against a Chargers team who will run on first down until the cows come home, uh, Alex Singleton should be in a nice spot too. So six and a half, seven and a half probably is where he's hung. I think he's going to get to you know eight or nine, so we like Alex Singleton. So those are some of the, the tackle ones to look at. They're, sometimes they don't post the guys we want, which sucks, but I think those are probably pretty good looks if they get hung. I think we'll definitely get a, a, a Franklin look from the Colts.
2: Available upon request, Noonan. Are they? If I, I don't know that's what I always says at the bottom. and Request them, and see what they pick them up with. They okay. probably give you a really terrible line if you're as soon as you
0: because you asked for it. Yeah, yeah, they know you probably uh, want to chase overs. So,
2: yeah, I, I got to ask you: Did you see Cuss's list of the best desserts you can have? I did, I did not. What, what do you think he listed as the best dessert in the world?
0: Something from McDonald's. McDonald's uh, hot fudge sundae.
2: A McDonald's apple pie was number four, but you're okay. you're, you're sniffing the ball along. Same lines. Feinberg pointed out that this sounds like something like you would be happy in prison with the way that you <laughs> listed these desserts.
1: What do you got coming? I mean, like, what was it like? Maybe like a I don't know, like a strawberry shortcake or something like that, or like uh, um, I don't know, tiramisu. I don't know, like nah, jello. Is- <laughs> jello. <laughs> Are you serious? Did he? Uh, oh, did he?
2: In serious.
0: <laughs> Specify color.
2: Uh, he just said lemon is the best jello color, so yellow jello. I've never even had lemon jello, it's the best dessert. Well, you're not two years old, so what are you eating jello for? Jello costs
1: like 50 cents, like you know, your local store to make, like it's like nothing. Like, wow, that's a good take. Jello,
0: Gus is unbelievable, man. He is unbelievable. I love the story about, like, I, I. so i think it was in a tweet that i had to watch the show too like where he didn't get like they got the the wrong fries and then he went back in the store and got a coffee but then didn't complain about the fries but he didn't go to the bathroom there he like while was thinking about it went to like the grocery store bathroom because they're so much cleaner like he is it's an amazing thing that this is a friend of yours that is like a real person that has some just wild life takes so uh, if anyone's not consuming, uh, you know Cuss Corners and everything over at Pat's YouTube channel, you are absolutely missing out because there's actually good thought-out sports stuff in there too. And then an absolute crazy person who drops by to, to chime in with like life takes it's insane.
2: And about how great the Jets are,
0: <laughs> a lot of pro Jets thoughts. So, uh, and I love to see Feinberg still rocking the uh, Staley shirt with pride, uh, dying a slow death there. But uh, good for Jeff. Um, they should have went
2: for it, by the way.
0: I know. I think he's got, I don't know what, like, do you think a coach like that, like, when you see too what happens with, uh, oh, we've seen it a few times. Do you think it's like, I don't know, pressure from the media? Like, a public pressure? These guys can't be making those decisions based off of
2: like, I, us. I, it, I don't know what he is up to. But I appreciated that decision. But there's like there's so much that can go into this at the same time. Like, you know, just because on paper, like on your on your blackjack card, it tells you, well, if we go for it, we have a 10 percent higher win probability in this game. That's great. You call it terrible play. Well, then it's not so great. You know what I mean? Like so so much of it is wrapped up in, you know, should they have gone for it? Shouldn't they have gone for it? I think that's kind of irrelevant to the discussion. Like, yeah, almost always you should go for it. The thing that you should be criticized for is just drawing up these terrible plays. But that's
0: the thing too, right? Like if you think that it's mathematically the right play, right? And analytics, but like then it shouldn't be I don't know, it should be contextualized in the math, right? Like I don't understand why you see these guys not know or like freeze up or like sometimes go and sometimes don't. I don't know. It's it's
2: It's It's a personnel thing, and it's no preparation going into it. Like, on third down, they run Eckler. They get halfway there, right? So it's third and two. They get to fourth and one. It didn't seem like they had a plan that they knew they were going for it on fourth down. And then then they were like, oh, no, we're going to go for it. Like, if you know you're going to go for it in this situation and you know that you're running on third down, just have two plays set up and get up to the line right away. Yeah. You make that decision on third down and that should
0: impact third downs play call too. Yeah, exactly.
2: Cause then at least you're keeping like the defense doesn't know what the hell you're doing. So if you just go and line up to the ball, they probably don't have the right personnel and you can create these mismatches, but it's the waiting and like letting them allow, allowing them time to change, allowing them to time to scheme. You're now overthinking what you're going to be doing. Like I like Mike Williams and everything. Do we really want to go like, Hey, we need a fourth and one to seal the game. Let's go like one-on-one slant route. It's like, I mean, you're averaging eight yards of carry in this game and you just ran it for one. Uh, maybe flick it outside to Eckler again. You'll get it. Yeah, it's it,
0: we've seen it with like Nathaniel Hackett often where you can see him thinking at the time, like, what are we going to do on fourth down? Like he didn't, that didn't impact the third down call. And again, it's very easy to sit here. I'm in my basement, you know, like to make these decisions and feel like, oh, I know what I would do. But it's just wild that these guys don't spend time or have someone that's in their ear to talk through them with this and be like, okay, here's what the math is, or here's the right way to do it. Here's what we should be doing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's it sucks
1: too, because every time they don't get it or something bad happens, like analytics just takes the hardest L because every, you know, boomer out there is just like, ah, don't go for it. You know, like, and and it's all the talk of everywhere. And like, I think some coaches do feel the pressure. I I, I mean, let's daily legit started out like super aggressive. And then weeks, it was like weeks two through three through four, like did, wasn't going for stuff it was being a little bit more you know less aggressive and so now I went for it again and obviously that you know didn't work out so i just i think it could matter actually
2: it's funny because when you think about how results based that most people are when you think about it it's like yeah they didn't get it but they still won the game anyway so like in a reverse situation like if you had punted and then like you would won the game because someone had come down and kick the field go be like well good thing they didn't go for it or they would have lost the game it's like well they didn't <laughs> Because And that's what you're saying. But in the reverse situation, regardless of the outcome, you just hate the idea. But like you're not, like, no one is saying like, I think where people get it twisted, like idiots, obviously, is just like, I mean, when they hear analytics, they think it's some sort of like, it's not even advanced stats. It's just stats. It's like, here's the percentage of you getting it, versus here's the percentage of you not getting it. Here is how this affects the game if you get this first down, versus if you don't get this first down, or you punt the ball away and then you have to hold up and prevent a field goal. Like, if you're up by a touchdown, then yeah. You know, I, I it makes sense to punt it away, but if they only need a field goal, you really don't think that you, who has, not, I mean, I just talked about how bad the Browns' defense was. Chargers' defense not so hot in that game either. You don't think that they're not going to give up the thirty yards in like twenty seconds? On they'll play prevent D. They'll put two safeties back, and then they'll just dink and dunk over the middle for thirty yards and be where they were anyway in fifteen seconds.
0: Yeah, we saw it too with the uh, the Raiders there in that game against the Chiefs, where you know Josh Daniels takes a you know takes a little heat, where they decide to go for two, like they have the Chiefs there you're at you know a chance to put the game away you know i think we're just so ingrained with like well no i grew up watching football you never would think about kicking and not kicking the extra point there to tie the game you tie the game and give yourself a shot and it's like why give patrick mahomes the ball back in a tie game why not make him play from behind uh you got down there it's hard enough to get down to the two yard line you have a shot to to ice the game or, you know, at least if you stop the chiefs, then you win. Right. So like, I don't know, uh, everyone's got their, uh, their thoughts on it. It's definitely a boomer take to, uh, to be anti analytics, anti two points, you know, going for two when you were down 14 with, you know, under five minutes left is like, just keep the po- take the points. I don't know. It's, it's nuts.
2: And like I said, the, the part that you want to criticize about all these guys should be criticized for their terrible play calls. Like, that's yeah. the part like it's never discussed. You're right. Like, no, knowing when to go for it, when not to go for it is basically the easiest thing you can do. It's super simple. You can just have, like you said, you have your sheet, update your model for whatever the game situation is, the personnel that's on the field. Like, yeah, maybe you don't want to run it on fourth and one. Maybe you want to punt it. If you're missing all five of your right. alignment. There's context to some of these situations, but where they were currently at the game, the play is to go for it. Just the wrong play was called. You need to execute hammer him because he's calling stupid plays. That's the move.
1: Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than watching like a fourth down, like end around where they just get tackled in the backfield. I'm like, this is what you like. You didn't think about this at all. This is what you drew up. Like, sure. Maybe you get 10 yards off that, but like you need one yard. Like, what do you do with an end around, to, you know, Dante Pettis or was this some rando, you know what I mean? Like it's makes no sense.
2: Uh, the the one thing the Lions do, like the Lions go for it a ton, but no one, it's funny because Dan Campbell isn't known as a quote unquote analytics coach. So no one like notices that he goes for fourth down every single time, but he does, uh, especially in those games where they feel like it's going to be higher pace. Like last week they did it and they got shut out against the Patriots, but they were doing the right thing. Like field goals were doing them no good in the second half. And I want to catch up three points at a time. They had to go for it. Every single time what they did against Seattle was super impressive and something that I've always called for. And I haven't seen anyone do it since the early two thousands Rams when they would go for it on fourth down, they don't try to get a yard. They try to get like 40 on fourth down and it just leads to touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Solak did a great job. Ben Solak. He'll be joining us actually on the game preview show next week, pointing out how like it's tied to analytics, but like when you listen to what Josh McDaniel said in the Raiders situation after the game, he was talking about just being aggressive. And it's like, that's kind of why I think when you kind of talk about the lions, like, I think he does have an aggressive mentality. He doesn't have like a, you wouldn't think of him as like an analytical coach, but he is like a, I'm going to put our, you know, step on your necks type of mentality. And yeah, I mean, I think end around, um, I think goal line where you literally bunch everyone up at the line to try to run up. Oh my gosh. Can you just fucking spread the field a little bit and try something different or fade. fades. Trash. fades. Those, are the, mean, top. It, those, are, those the, are the three.
2: The fade works. If you have one of the four fade guys, correct? Yeah. And then that's it. Like yeah. running a fade to Randy Moss worked like 80% of the time. Cause he's Randy Moss. Right. Running a fade to Jacoby Myers is not the uh not the go-to. But yeah. No, so but like the it, it's funny, it's like when they used to bring in like Brandon Jacobs on the Giants. God me, he's huge. He's gonna bowl you over at the goal line. It's like, who is the best goal line running back that you guys can remember in your lifetime? There's a very easy answer for me of who I mean is the best running back I've ever seen, but Ladanian Tomlinson wasn't the biggest guy in the world. He would just sure. run into a pile and pop out the other side. Yeah, but like you don't need to be huge. Sometimes it might actually be to your benefit to be a little bit smaller
0: yeah another guy too that popped in my mind is old and beyond connor probably charlie garner back in the day charlie garner was not big but he was incredible around the goal line and it would pile up touchdowns because yeah he's small and fast and yeah brandon jacobs just gonna run into the back of his offensive line that's all he's going to do hopefully he moves the pile forward and gets it but like gosh it's so maddening it's like bring everyone to the one spot that you're going to be running and it's like why do we why do you still do this it's it's so it's it's asinine
2: well it's funny because you're going to see all these like mid-30s coordinators now like guys that are my age and like your age and that kind of thing where i mean when we played madden growing up i mean there's something instructive to that where did you ever use a jumbo formation in madden ever? Never, ever. ever why because you could run it out of shotgun qb sneak spread it five wide at the goal right and if they don't cover all of your receivers, we'll just throw to them because they're wide open. Right.
0: That might be a fade situation where you have a, a guy that can catch the ball. But like, even that's like worst case scenario, you spread it out and run it. Like uh, it's, yeah, it's insane. So like
2: it works in college yet. It's impossible. It could never work in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Um. yeah. Because you know, the, uh, the field is different. You know, the, uh, whatever the, you know, the things are wider, you know, you be the balls on the further out. It's, it's, it's stupid. Connor thrive picks. Um, and remind our folks again if you missed it at the top, Thrive Fantasy new users $20 deposit promo code 444 free betting sub 244 and the free t shirt. Not bad. Uh, anything that you looked at again, I looked earlier, they have a $20 GPP, $25 GPP this week. Um, as of like an hour ago, it had 250 entries. Um, so again, probably not gonna fill, maybe gets closer. Um, again, the prop lobby is out there too, which is kind of more of your traditional pick-up style game you're familiar with with other spots but uh like talking about some of the offerings that they have in the gpp did you look at anything this week
1: uh zeke over under one and a half touchdowns it's your free square of the week you can <laughs> bet the under there um the uh there are some some interesting ones that are a little bit off market i mean tyler lockett's prop is at five and a half normally it's here at six and a half even though i do like kind of the game environment to shoot out there so maybe a stay away uh lamar see they're shading this higher here but 291 and a half passing and rushing yards combined but he's just been passing so little uh so i don't know maybe you can get away with an under there michael Pittman uh under half touchdown you're getting almost even money there i don't think there's me very much scoring there in general um and yeah there's some other ones here that i think are, are interesting matt ryan over under half an interception i know i know that we don't normally like to bet these props jamar chase 79 receiving yards that's a great one too i mean that's with, uh, I mean, that's like almost 80 yards in most domestic it's, markets right now.
0: Yeah, it's off market too. And yeah, um, you'll see a lot of man coverage. The other one too that I love is Hollywood uh, Brown. That's off market too. 64 and a half total uh, receiving yards there. And you're actually getting incentivized to take the over uh, where that's like low 70s out there across the market. So that's a, a pretty good look. Um, and they have you know, good stuff that's more in line with the market because these don't move uh, in their prop lobby. Those move a little bit more. Uh, with what we're seeing at you know domestics so again four for four is the promo code thrivefantasy.com free betting sub for 20 dollars deposit on thrive good for new users at four for four new subscribers uh, it's got to be a new thrive user new thrive email i'll say um and uh yeah take advantage get a, get a free t-shirt that's good through october 24th but the betting sub at four for four is going to take you through the end of the calendar year here for 2022. Uh, all right, before we wrap it up, um, we're going to get to producer Sal's pick of the week. This is a question in chat, and we saved it as well. kind of ties in Mike Evans' longest reception over 24 and a half receiving yards, and Sal is in. On a thought that I echoed earlier with Mike Evans over 64 and a half receiving yards, our projection has him at a little over 77 and a half. Talked about how you can attack the Steelers on the boundaries. Pat, any thoughts on Evans?
2: It's fine. I just worry about if this game gets out of control, what does this look like?
0: Sure.
1: Connor, how about you? That's
2: my only hesitation on any of these. Yeah. No,
0: it makes sense though. Game script can get out of whack and he's not a volume guy.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the receiving core is just like, I mean, the healthiest it's been in a little while right now. So Evan's like, well, he looks good on the, on the you know, number specifically 81, 103, 61, 71 so far this season. Uh, you know, I think that that's probably the only concern, but I'd still lean over for sure. Maybe longest reception is a better way to play it because you, you all you need is one there uh, versus, you know, like two or three uh, longer ones.
2: Is anyone playing in the Pittsburgh secondary?
1: Minka just got ruled out. Yeah, make is a pro. That's a big loss for them. So
2: yeah, yeah, he's
0: not been practicing. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's a. It's a mess there. Um, everyone's everyone's out. I think from last week too. Which I'm trying to look at here what they see. Yeah, I, I have a question out.
2: for you. If someone bet you over or under Taysom Hill three fantasy points this week, what would you take?
1: For sure. I mean, no, because he doesn't get any targets. um It's like twenty or or like point
0: 0.1 that's what you're going to get. I think you got to play him. Like if you have him in fantasies, cause like, what is it? He? He's in the range of the other dudes that are like touchdown or bus guys, right? Like he is in the Ur er Smith, uh, Tyler Conklin's of the world that we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, they're getting you three for 32, maybe. Um, whereas the ceiling that you get from Taysom, if he plays uh, is obviously what we saw last week. So I don't know. Does the Jameis thing impact
1: it for you at all? Is Jameis playing? I don't know. No Dalton's starting. They okay. just announced it here there you go does that so, no the Jameis thing is not concerning me
0: <laughs> well does the <laughs> Dalton starting impacted for you? Do, you do you think they lean on it more I guess because Dalton's I mean
2: a- average fantasy points per game for Tayson Hill with Andy Dalton of the starter is like 25 and a half I think actually a better question would be part of it last week was a lava
0: concussed Jar- Jarvis Landry was out and Michael Thomas didn't play so do you think the Lack of pass catchers, where they want to get a little bit more frisky offensively, matters more because I think that's probably more relevant than the quarterback.
2: Well, Olave was in the game most of the game, and it looks like he's going to play. Michael Thomas looks like he's not going to play. I don't, I don't care about our Jervis Landry at this point, but it's just it's a specific package that they come in and put in. Like you're going to see, like four. The move would be like maybe, maybe Taysom Hill will come in and throw a passing touchdown for four fantasy points. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's. It's wild usage, but yeah, actually for me, I think without
0: Michael Thomas and uh, it does look like Alave is trending to play, probably, I'd probably take the
2: over three points. Yeah, I think I like that. It's it's funny because everyone hates Taysom Hill because of the money that he got, that like phony contract that he had, but he's actually pretty useful. Like he, he is used in a way that we wish other guys were used on other teams. It's just people don't like Taysom Hill.
0: Well, because yeah, he always cucks their like, you know you know, Kamara starts or like things like that. But yeah, I mean, he's incredibly efficient over a fairly large sample size at this point. Like you're right and can do a multitude of things. Like we do probably agree that there are a bunch of other guys in the league that if they were utilized like Taysom Hill is, they could replicate that or maybe better, but like whatever, like Taysom Hill's got a situation where they are like leveraging him and and doing that sort of thing. It's, it's, It's interesting to watch.
2: And you said the three defense guys were Z Franklin, R Grant, and A Singleton, as I have written yes, down.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Franklin on the Colts, Grant on the Falcons, and uh, Singleton on the Broncos. So those would be the, th- the three best looks in the tackle market this
1: week. One one week you're just going to like hit up uh, like a name randomizer and throw some out at us, and we'll just be nodding our heads because <laughs> you know I've never heard any of these guys. So
0: we need thrive to get in the streets with the pe- with tackles. Uh, our friends <laughs> over at uh, <laughs> At prize picks, like, they stopped doing some tackle stuff. Like, come on, let's go. Let's get some of the tackles back out there. We want to be able to, you know, take advantage of those. So
2: there's a really fun one over at one of those other sites, Fantasy projected fantasy points, under 8.5 fantasy points for Tyler Algier. Like, Mm. just keep him out of the end zone, and that's free money.
0: Yeah, (laughs) probably out of the end zone, too, in that game. So, yeah, don't hate that at all. Okay. Questions we didn't get you, you guys. You know, first of all, step up in the questions. So, you know, we didn't get a lot this week. There's a few in here. We talked with some of them. Gonna get better. We need more from you guys. Uh, we'll devote more time to it if you guys give us more. Otherwise, we fill it with all of our nonsense. We talked about analytics and fourth down coaching decisions, uh, more tackle props, a little challenge in there for you. So, Connor, get on there. Let's go. I need you to get in the challenge streets, YouTube it, look for some, you know, watch Pat's show. Look at, you know, you can watch the, you know, YouTube's got a bunch of like, you know, the 20 best eliminations ever, uh, you know, 15 best backstabs ever, you know, the 10 hookups that you didn't know happened. There's a lot of good stuff on there. So get in the streets. I love tweeting
1: it out because like half of Twitter thought I was like a complete moron. And another half was like, I've never even heard of that either. So I was like, you know what? That makes me feel at least a little better that I'm not the only one. It's interesting.
0: I would love to know the age demographic that, that agreed with you. They're probably 25 or younger to have not heard of it. Most likely, yeah. I don't know.
2: It, it's, it, it was winning cable in the 18 to 49 over the mm. past, like, three years.
0: Yeah. I just mean, like, you wouldn't have heard at some point. Like, you. that's probably the largest like, swath of people that hadn't heard of it. It would be maybe just non-cable, non-satellite boomers like Connor that just stream whatever. Like, if it's not on Netflix or Hulu, they have no idea that it, it exists. So,
2: yeah. All right,
0: Pat, where can everyone find your stuff?
2: At the PME on twitter mayo media network as ryan alluded to earlier you can subscribe to that on youtube or the podcast network under mayo media network primarily the pat mayo experience audio podcast where as was pointed out we bring the funny not great for football picks i'm not gonna lie to you
0: pretty good you know it's entertaining it's definitely good you gotta mix it up a little bit you know lots of straightforward shows out there uh the mayo media network will bring you a combination of both and uh it's good good old-fashioned yeah.
2: fun. If you like to listen to podcasts because you don't hate yourself for an hour, like, I listen to some of these shows. I had to stop listening because I'm just like, what is this? Like, some guy reading off a sheet for, like, my favorite plays this week are basically this show, but, you know, without any sort of color to them. It's like, here's our show. <clears throat> Today on the show, we're going to take Kenny ticket <laughs> under 15 and a half Rushing yards and then Cooper Rush under four and a half rushing yards, and then Raheem Mossard over 14 and a half carries, and Kirk Cousins over 22 completions, and Rashad White over 1.5 receptions. Like that, these are real shows that are out there. Like we that, are. you won't <laughs> see any of that shit on Mayo Media Network. We'll just have people yelling at each other.
0: No, well, that reminds me of the overs at uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah so videos. good, yeah,
1: so good classic stuff. So, uh, Connor, how about you? What else is going coming from you this week? uh trying to grind the prop market you know get get right here focusing a little more time uh you know maybe maybe hit some some like you know kind of off off the table stuff here with like longest rush longest reception unders kind of grind that market more it seems like it's a little exploitable I mean there were some good ones before Cam makers got ruled out of that I was gonna hit but obviously you know no go there anymore so we'll see
0: Again, subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate it. Likes on the show, comments, all that stuff. Helps us out way more than you know. Again, lots of great other content here on the 44 YouTube page. DFS, Redraft, Waiver Wire stuff. We got it all here for you. So uh, for Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone.